slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show. We will be previewing tonight's game between the Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins as the Islanders go for their 15th straight game with a point that would tie a team record that was set back in 1982 during the team's run to their third straight Stanley Cup. We will also discuss two big milestones coming up for two very popular Islanders players. And in this day in Islanders history, we will take a look back at a big game against the New York Rangers in which another popular Islander reached a milestone in his career. But first, let's take a look at an interesting statistic that I think speaks volumes about this Islanders club, the way they play, the way they are coached, and really the way they approach things. Right now, this season, the New York Islanders have by far the best winning percentage in the National Hockey League when their opponents score first. It's happened nine times, so in half the Islanders' games, the opponent has scored first. When the Islanders score first, they are seven wins, one loss, and one overtime loss. When the opponents score first, the Islanders are seven wins and two losses. That is a 778 win percentage when the other team scores first. The next highest team on that list, the Washington Capitals, who have a 556 winning percentage when the opposition scores first. And by the way, only one other team in the league has a 500 record or above when the opposition scores first. So it's the Islanders, the Capitals, who are, you know, pretty far back percentage-wise, and then the Winnipeg Jets, who have a 545 win percentage when the other team gets the first goal. So it shows this, that the Islanders don't get flustered, they do not panic, they stay on point, they play their game even when things aren't going well right out of the gate, and it makes a big difference for this team. It shows that they're disciplined, that they're well-coached, and it shows that they have a certain level of confidence that is rare in you know, this day and age, because to go 7-2 and two when you give up the first goal, considering that most teams score, what, two and a half, three, three and a half goals in a game, if you give up that first goal, that really does put you behind the eight ball, and yet the Islanders have been finding ways to win hockey games despite that, and it, it also shows they're not taking bad penalties, they're not pressing and they are able to sustain things uh, despite falling behind early in literally one half of their first 18 games. 
Interestingly enough, we're getting pretty close to the quarter pole of the season, and uh, that's going to be interesting in the sense that, wow, uh, hard to believe how quickly that happened. We are now, what, about six, seven weeks into the NHL season. The quarter pole, uh, you know, 20, 20, 21 games, uh, and the Islanders will reach that milestone after they complete this home-and-home series coming up with the Pittsburgh Penguins and always good uh, matchups when the Islanders and the Penguins face off. So first tonight in Pittsburgh and then uh, in a couple of days, it'll be an Islanders home game against the Penguins. Don't forget, if you want to be a part of the show, you can contact us. Our email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If there's something Islanders related that is on your mind or something you want us to talk about, question, comment, uh, send us an email. Again, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name, where you're from, and we're happy to discuss your question or comment on the air. And uh, again, very happy to talk with uh, about anything that is on our listeners' minds. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and of course you can follow me on Twitter. The Twitter handle is Ice Wars or at Ice Wars NYR versus NYI. So uh, I'll keep you up to date on both of those Twitter accounts as far as the latest Islanders news and of course the latest news about our show, what's going to be in each day's show. And during games, I'll try to give you some coverage as what's going on and some insight as well. So follow us on Twitter, and there's our email address as well to keep in touch with the show and all things New York Islanders. Some injury news and notes coming up right now. Uh, First of all, Matt Martin, big piece of news. He returned to practice with a regular jersey, not a non-contact jersey for Martin. Uh, Barry Trotz has indicated that Martin will not be available for tonight's game in Pittsburgh, but after that, he said pretty much uh, all bets are off, so it would be really great uh, to get Matt Martin back into the lineup, and really, uh, it'll be interesting also to see if Barry Trotz then reunites uh, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, and Martin as a line. That line has been so good for the Islanders, both during their first time around before uh, Martin was traded up to uh, Toronto or sent up to Toronto, and then again after Martin's return. So we'll see whether or not Barry Trotz opts to have that line reunited once Matt Martin returns to the lineup. Not going to happen just yet tonight, but uh, it certainly seems to be close And that is good news for Islander fans. Matt Martin, one of the most popular Islanders out there. And and pretty obvious why as far as his uh, physical style of play, his hustle, and and just, you know, New York fans, let's face it. New York fans really appreciate a player who gives his all, who puts in the effort, who, you know, plays a physical kind of hockey game. And Matt Martin certainly fits that description. The 30-year-old, very close to returning for the Islanders, and that is a very, very good sign. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more 
when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Listen, listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you could find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. All right, some milestones coming up for a couple of very popular Islanders. Casey Sezikis will play in his 500th game tonight against the Penguins in Pittsburgh, while Thursday night it'll be Brock Nelson who will reach his 500th game at the Barkley Center when the Islanders host the Penguins. And it's hard to believe that these guys have already played 500 NHL games each, or are just about to do it. And, you know, both of them mean so very much to the Islanders franchise. We talked last week on one of our shows about the consistency of Brock Nelson and what he means to this team, how he's done well lately on the face-off circle. But more than anything, the way he plays the game, passes well, shoots well enough, is a consistent second-line kind of a center and gets points for the Islanders. You know, not going to put up 30 or 40 goals a year, but is going to get, you know, time on the power play, is going to get uh, important minutes, and is going to get some important goals. And right now, his line has been uh, as big a part of the Islanders' success during this 14-game streak pretty much as any other line out there on the ice. They have been consistent and they have been able to put on put up points on a night in night out basis meanwhile Sezikis is a different kind of player uh you know started out on that fourth line we talked a little bit about what he does with Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin and yet Sezikis has been able to take his game up a level there is no doubt he is a capable third line player at this point in his career and, you know, look, Sezikis is not going to score 25-30 goals in a season either. You look at Sezikis' career last season, by far his most productive. The first time he ever reached double digits in goals, and he reached all the way up to 20, had 33 points on the season. That was also a career high. His previous high in goals was 9, and he set that back in 2014-2015, while a year later, he had 29 points, including a career-high 21 assists. But, you know, the other thing about Sezikis, this year he's also been outstanding on face-offs, 59.3%. And he's also getting more ice time than ever. 14 and a half minutes, 14.38 to be exact, per game, whereas previously he was getting a little less than 11, a little more than 12, sometimes to 13 minutes. But again, added responsibilities for Sezikis as his game has matured. And, you know, you look at Casey Sezikis, he's always going to be in triple digits and hits, but he's going to block shots. And one of the biggest things he'll give you game in and game out is the ability to kill penalties. When, you know, you look back to uh, you know, the game against the Florida Panthers, for example, Sezikis came up with a very big play on the penalty kill that helped the Islanders in that game and, and helped them preserve their lead late. He is a tireless player, always hustling, smart with the puck, and 
you know, his shot is getting better and his passing and his vision have also improved. Last year, a career best also plus 22 on the season. And this year in 13 games, now he's missed five games due to injuries, he already has uh, a plus seven rating. So, you know, every team could use a guy like Casey Sezikis and Islander fans are certainly very pleased that he's on their team. He broke into the league back in 2011-2012, didn't get his first goal until the following season, played 15 games that first year, and only picked up the four assists. But, you know, if you go back to his career, he has been a very valuable member and a very popular member of the New York Islanders. And, you know, we talk about shooting accuracy and how important that is. Last year, a career-high 18% shooting percentage. This year, 13.6%, which would have been his career high if not for last year. So you just see so many improvements to his game over the years, and it's just encouraging uh, to see. And like I said, Sezik is always popular among Islander fans for his honest, hard-working style of play. Alright, let's take a look back at this date in Islanders history. We're not going to go quite so far back this time. It's November 19th, 2007 at Madison Square Garden and uh, a full house of 18,200 turnout to see a grudge match between the Islanders and the Rangers. And, you know, this this was in many ways kind of a revenge game. And the focus for the Islanders in this contest was Rangers super pest Sean Avery, easily one of the least popular players back then in the league and certainly one of the least popular among Islanders fans. Now, the previous season, uh, Avery had landed on Islanders goalie Rick DiPietro gave him a concussion that ended his season. So a lot of the Islander players, and Rick DiPietro in particular, were very aware of the fact that they sort of needed to send a message to Sean Avery. And in the end, they ended up doing that and getting the win as well. Scoring all came in period number two, just eight seconds into the period, Ruslan Fedotenko got his sixth goal of the season to give the Islanders a 1-0 lead. The assist coming from Mike Comrie, and all of a sudden, it's 1-0 Islanders. Then, at the 5:51 mark, Joseph, uh, Joseph Vasicek gets his eighth goal of the year, assist to Sean Bergenheim, and it's 2-0 Islanders. Everything quiet at Madison Square Garden at that point. But then a minute later, with the Islanders on the power play, defenseman Michael Roosevelt scores a shorthanded goal, his seventh of the season, assist to Chris Drury and Brendan Shanahan, and the game was at 2-1 to one in favor of the Islanders, and that is more or less when the rough stuff started. Sean Avery, called for high sticking in a little scrum with Andy Sutton of the Islanders at the 724 mark, and then Fedotenko and Avery go at it 
at the 17.35 mark of period two, as again, the Islanders desperately trying to send a message to Avery that he wasn't going to be allowed to attack their goalie, that his actions of a year ago would not be forgotten. At one point in the game, it was DiPietro who was called for roughing, but when he hit Avery with a forearm. And here was DiPietro's quote after the game, It's always a physical game. Every time you come into this building, you expect to have a wild first 10 minutes with both teams firing back and forth. I think the big thing for us was maintaining our composure. I obviously lost mine a little bit, but the penalty kill bailed me out. At the end of the day, DiPietro comes through for the Islanders. As they win it 2-1, he made 18 saves in 19 shots to earn the win. And, by the way, it was also the 100th win of Rick DiPietro's career, which we didn't know then was going to be cut short by injuries. So, Islanders 2, Rangers 1 at Madison Square Garden. And uh, Vasicek with the winning goal coming early in the second period in this win. The Islanders not only win the game, but they send a message to Sean Avery in what was a very satisfying victory over their rivals from the Big Apple. All right, we've got a full preview coming up of the Islanders game tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, so it is the Islanders and the Penguins in Pittsburgh tonight. Both teams uh, meeting now for the second time this year, a division rivalry in the Metropolitan Division. Of course, the Penguins beating the Islanders the first time they met in Brooklyn. Score there was 4-3, to three, but it was an, uh, a, an overtime loss for the Islanders. So it is the only blemish right now on that 14-game point-scoring streak. And the Islanders looking to tie that franchise record tonight with a victory or at least a point against these same Pittsburgh Penguins, a chance to sort of get revenge. Now, again, no Sidney Crosby for the Penguins, and although he has missed the last three games, he is still their leading scorer with 17 points and with 12 assists. Jake Gunsel, uh, nine goals pacing the Penguins right now. He is second on the team with 16 points. Jared McCann, seven goals, five assists, and 12 points. Also, no Chris Letang right now. He is out of the lineup. So the Penguins, without their captain, their leading scorer in Crosby, and without their top offensive defenseman in Letang. So some important weapons out of the lineup, and yet... The Penguins have still managed to be productive. They won their last game 6-1, which ended a two-game losing streak. And in their last three games, they have only given up four total goals. So defense getting the job done in the absence of Latang and Crosby. Matt Murray has been the starting goaltender for the Penguins in 16 games, he's 9-4 and four with a 2.37 goals against average, a 9-13 save percentage, and one shutout. Meanwhile, Tristan Jarry is the backup in four starts, five total games. He's 2-3, and three, but he has better numbers than Murray right now. A 1.98 goals against average and a 9-3-8 save percentage. 
So a capable backup right there for the Penguins, although Murray has always played well against the Islanders, and we'll see uh, which goaltender gets the nod tonight. I get the feeling they will go with Murray in this one. With Crosby out of the lineup, Evgeny Malkin is now the number one center. He will be in between, or he will be flanked by Jake Gunsel on the left and Brian Rust on the right. And if you recall, it was Rust who did a lot of the damage against the Islanders in the first meeting between these two teams, scoring a couple of very big goals for Pittsburgh. So, obviously, the Islanders need to keep an eye on Malkin. He is always dangerous. And Rust, also one of those players you just can't ignore. And he is also having a solid season for Pittsburgh. The other area that's interesting, you know, you talk about the Penguins, you got Malkin, you had up until recently Crosby and Latang. yet the power play for Pittsburgh has been shaky. They are right now 24th in the league, only a 14.6% uh, success rate. The Islanders' power play actually ranked higher. They're 8th in the league at 23.5, but that power play will be challenged by a very solid penalty-killing unit for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are second in the league, successfully killing off over 89% of opposing teams' power plays. The Islanders no slouches. They're seventh at 84.6%. The Islanders right now, again, still leading the league in goals against per game, allowing only 2.33, but the Penguins aren't that far behind. They are fifth in the league, allowing 2.5 goals a game. The Islanders, 14th in goals for at 3.11 goals per game. The Penguins, 10th at 3.30. So, in a lot of ways, a very interesting and even matchup. And if you look at the standings, these two teams are not that far apart either. Right now, the Islanders, uh, just a few points ahead of the Penguins, and these head-to-head games really do make a big difference. The Islanders, at the present time, second place in the Metropolitan Division, 14-3-1 with 29 points in 18 games. Pittsburgh is in fourth place. They are five points behind the Islanders. They're 11-7-2 on the year, 24 points, but the Islanders have played two fewer games than the Penguins, so that Uh, you know, gives the Islanders a little bit of an edge. So they're five points up on the Penguins with two games in hand, but Pittsburgh can cut that to three, or the Islanders can make it a seven-point differential based on possibly, you know, a regulation win by either team. Tonight, again, the Islanders going for that uh, franchise-tying 15th straight game with a point, ironically, that streak back in 1982 was ended by none other than the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a full in-depth analysis of the game in Pittsburgh. Plus, we will have this date in Islanders history and our weekly farm report. So join us tomorrow as we'll be discussing everything that's happening down in Bridgeport. And because the Islanders are getting healthier, the Sound Tigers are getting healthier and more fully stocked with their regular lineup as well. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks again for joining us. 
For Locked On Islanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.